This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. On today's show, Sexy Enemies, Fact or Fiction? We talked to Noelle Stevenson of Nimona and Lumberjanes about Star Wars, Hamilton, and The Fast and the Furious. Plus, have we kissed? Do we kiss? Are we kissing right now? Well, hi there, everybody. Um, It has been some time, hasn't it? Um, (laughs) The podcast was gone for a while because everything got insane. Christmas happened. I was working and um, I got my visa to move to America. Congratulations to me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, the holidays, everything. Um, So we've all been out doing our own things. I've been working. These guys in the studio have been, I don't know, plotting some sort of evil schemes, doing their normal jobs, one of the two. Um, (laughs) So to catch you up, if you are not a person who is involved in my frequent and aggressive social media um, campaigns. Um, Hellcat came out. Uh, We were talking about that a bit the last time we did an episode, and uh, it is out in the world. Issue number one of Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, uh, drawn by Brittany Williams, covered, colored by Megan Wilson, um, is out, and uh, my sweet, sweet baby is born. (laughs) Um, Really, really happy about how it's been doing so far. I'm so excited. It's It's a comic we've been working on for a while, but in in the world of comics, kind of a relatively short time. The, the amount of time between, you know, when I first got the nod to work on the comic, first was approved even for the outline, to when the first issue was on the stands, was less than four months, which is a really unusual in comics. Things do move slowly, and you're usually at least four months, five months behind, you know, when an issue actually comes out. Um so that's been crazy. <laughs> uh, we did a signing at Third Eye Comics in Maryland over Christmas when I went to visit my boyfriend and his family. And uh, it went really, really well. It was the day the comic came out on December 23rd. And uh, that was awesome. Thank you again to Third Eye for being one of the best shops in the world. <laughs> they rule. They're just great. Um, Power Up finished off. So issue six is out. Um, the trade paperback of that will be out in June, which is 5,000 years from now. So I would suggest trying to track down the individual copies if you are thirsty for that comic, which you should be because it's great. And uh, yeah, um, right now I'm working on Vampirella, which is coming out in March. And um, that's uh, nuts. <laughs> Taking on a character like that is certainly interesting, and the reaction has been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's in process right now. I have a couple other projects on the go, things that I'm writing. Uh, it's not not just Hellcat and Vampy. There is plenty more to come this year, uh, but all of it is still secret, as is the world that we inhabit, um, especially in geek culture. So. It's, it's hard to, to say. I mean, the last time I talked to you, we had the crossover episode. And then before that, we were talking to Chris Sabella at the Clown Motel. Uh, he's still alive. Um, he is not, as far as any of us know, haunted by clowns. So that's fantastic. I mean, what else can you hope for? And uh, yeah, it's it's... It's always really difficult to do a recap when there's a lot of time has gone by and um, all you've really been doing in the interim is working 24 hours a day (laughs) or watching Netflix or packing. And that is my universe and my existence. So 
Um, I know all you really care about is is the comics. And so there it is. Hellcat, Vampy's coming soon. I got more uh, in the pipeline for this year. And uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting year. I'm, I'm taking on a lot of new projects. I'm doing more original things. Um, a lot of magic, a lot of witches. And uh, we're going to be doing some cool things with School Spirit, uh, the book I did for Fresh Romance as well, um, which you can still get on Comixology and um, through the Rosie Press website, which is really, really cool if you like queer high school um, witches, which you should, because come on. (laughs) Um, Let's move on to all of the books I've been reading. I wish I could get to all of them, but at least some of the books that I've been reading. And uh, yeah, move this episode ahead. So the next show that you can find me at is the Charlotte Mini Con, which is run by the same people who run Heroes. That's Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, It's a one-day show on January 30th, so if you're in the area or near the area, you should come out because the Hellcat creative team is going to be there. That is myself, Brittany Williams, and Megan Wilson, the all-ladies super team that brings you Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. Uh, It's the first time I'm going to be meeting both of them. So not only is it exciting for you, it is exciting for all of us, or at the very least, myself. (laughs) So uh, come out to that because I think it's going to be very, very fun. And North Carolina is probably a slightly better place to be in winter than where you are right now. Um, After that, I have a couple of shows that I'm doing this year. A lot of things are up in the air right now because... Uh, I moved to America in three days and uh, nothing is certain, but I'm definitely doing Salt Lake City, um, a show in uh, March and Emerald City Comic Con this year as well, where we're going to be doing some really cool stuff with the Valkyries. Very excited about that show. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all I know for now. Um, more will be coming and more announcements will be made. You can always find everything on my website, which is kleth.com. Just plug that in there. So yeah, come say hi. What is Kate reading? What am I reading now? What is Kate reading? What am I reading now? So obviously in the interim between November and now, I have read a number of comics, but I have been picking up a lot less than normal. Um, A huge part of that is because I'm moving cross-country and uh, having to store a lot of my comics means that I know I can't take them with me for a while, which means I didn't want to buy more than I could read. So I've been very selective, um, picking, of course, the regulars like Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck, which have come back with a vengeance and are fantastic. And I don't just say that because I'm part of the family now, although I feel pretty good about that. (laughs) Um, But my favorite thing, honestly, that I have bought in the last couple of months was something that I had slept on, to be honest, which is Gem and the Holograms. And Everyone had told me I would love it. Everyone had talked about how great it is. Everyone continues to, and with good reason. I had bought the first issue no less than three times. So financially, I've definitely supported the book. Um, Also now having bought the trade paperback. But for some reason, even though I kept buying it, it was one thing that I kept saying, oh, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to read it. And I never did. And when I was at Third Eye Comics um, over Christmas, I decided to pick up the book for myself to have the first, you know, five or six issues to read all in one go. And I did. And it is awesome. And I'm not saying anything new because I'm sure that a lot of you have read it or heard about it. But Gem and the Holograms 
rules. <laughs> I think a lot of people might have been dissuaded by the extremely ill-fated movie that I only found out recently actually already came out and was in theaters for one week before they pulled it. Um which is the greatest shame. But the the book is really, really awesome. It's uh, Kelly Thompson and Sophie Campbell doing that. And uh, Sophie is someone whose art I've loved for a really long time. She's incredible. And the two of them just breathe so much life into this property. They manage to make it modern and relatable, you know, involving things like cell phones and YouTube that didn't exist in the original cartoon without it feeling disingenuous, without it feeling like adults talking down to kids or trying to be cool. Uh, there's a lot of queer content. There are both gay and trans characters in the book, um, by characters. And it's just so neat that a company like Hasbro, which, I mean, you know, people who are <laughs> anyone who's beholden to a corporation knows how hard it can be to push through any sort of real agenda or diversity. Um, so it's really, really awesome that IDW and Hasbro have been able to to do this. It's such a fun book. It's so bright and vibrant. You know, the, the the song lyrics and stuff that are written in it, the crazy splash pages, the costumes, the hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> the swoon I have over the hairstyles in this book is insane. Um, definitely appropriate for, you know, kids and younger people. So uh, if you like fun, if you've been reading or watching a lot of grimdark stuff, Gem of the Holograms is a perfect antithesis. And I totally loved it. Um, so that is that is my highlight of the winter season. I ignored my boyfriend's entire family for like six hours <laughs> to just sit down and read it because it's so good. Uh, so to everyone who spent a very long time trying to convince me to read Gem, thank you. Your recommendations did not go unnoted. Um, but I, yes, I did come around to it. Uh, the last time we talked, I was really excited about Paper Girls and that had just started, continues to be amazing. It's Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Cliff Chang doing that series together that has a lot of influence of, um, you know, kind of like 80s and 90s TV shows and things. It's kids dealing with monsters, kids in the 80s um, dealing with aliens and uh, a town gone awry. <laughs> it's Brian K. Vaughn, so you know it's it's really cool, smart sci-fi. And Cliff Chang is definitely one of my favorite artists. I loved his run on Wonder Woman so much. I love everything he draws. I've been a fan for ages. So it's it's a dream team, him and Brian working together on this incredible book. So definitely check out Paper Girls if you like things like The Goonies or Stand By Me or, you know, personally, Babysitter's Club and now and then. Um, <laughs> really, really neat uh, with a very modern grown-up twist to it. So that one is really cool. Um, one of my other favorite series to start recently was Black Magic, which is Greg Rucka, one of the best writers in comics, and Nicholas Scott. And um, holy crap, <laughs> that comic is beautiful. The art is almost entirely monochromatic watercolors and inks or, or some combination of the two. I'm not entirely sure. With tiny pops of color that are so smart and so just they have such an impact. It's so well done. Uh, it's about this woman who is secretly uh, a practitioner of of magic, Wicca, uh, and is involved in this murder case. Someone who knows who she really is. There's a mystery about her coven, where she comes from, what she's doing, and super promising. I, I don't hear a ton of talk about the book, which really surprises me because it's pretty accessible, really good, and the art is is just top drawer. Um, 
So yeah, check out Black Magic for sure if you like anything in the realm of magic and murder, which you should. <laughs> um, Monstrous also started, which is Marjorie Liu and Sana Takata. I hope I'm saying that right. And if I'm not, I'm very sorry. Um, which is a really, really visceral book. Um, it's kind of a fantasy story with... Uh, uh, actually, now that I get to it, it's sort of hard to describe. There are witches and there are demons and there are people being used by witches. But there's a lot of body horror. There's um, It has a very, very feminist bent to it. It's really interesting. Sometimes I find it a little bit hard to read, but I'm always glad that I did when I finish it. So, uh, yeah, the first issue, I think, is only $2.99 for an oversized issue. So if you are curious about it and uncertain, I would definitely check it out. Monstrous is really cool. Uh, Marjorie's a great writer, and the art is is, is beautiful. I, I like the slowly unfolding mystery aspect of it, too. On a much, much, much lighter side of things, much closer to Gem and the Holograms than anything else, uh, Zodiac Star Force, which of course I'm biased towards because my friends make it, <laughs> but this awesome magical girl story that Kevin Panetta and Paulina Ganeshow, who's been on the show before, uh, are doing together is almost finished, although they, I think, are doing more issues. I'm not entirely certain. I hope so. You can find my quotes on the first two issues covers. So again, I'm not unbiased here. I'm telling you. Uh, Magical girls, queer characters, monsters, sweet costumes, an incredibly vibrant pastel and rainbow palette. It just ticks off all my Steven Universe Sailor Moon happy boxes in my head. Uh, So yeah, you should definitely read Zodiac Star Force. It is so much fun. And uh, the last thing that I have to recommend uh, is the Southern Cross trade paperback is coming out January 13th. So um, two days from when I'm recording this. And that is Becky Cloonan and Andy Belanger doing uh, this awesome locked room space mystery story, which is um, a murder aboard a spaceship that's heading somewhere and... You know, what has happened? Why are these people going there? Who is what they really say they are and who isn't kind of thing? And and I remember when I first read it, I talked to Becky a little bit about how it reminded me of those sort of strangers on a train stories or, or you know, murder on the Orient Express that that trapped in a space thing and a whodunit, a murder mystery. And she had said that it was really influenced by Poirot, which I thought was great because it's this super futuristic, hard sci-fi. And uh, so that's really neat. Um, Andy's art is incredible. He I, He's somebody that I followed for a long time and just watching him get better and better and better over the years has been so much fun. So that collection is out uh, January 13th um, from Image, I believe. So probably won't be terribly expensive and will definitely be good. I said I wasn't reading that many comics, and then it sounds like I've been reading a lot of comics, but trust me, I'm way behind. <laughs> we have some other things to get to, but uh, yeah, read more books. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna ask questions. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. This is the interview section. So today we are talking to uh, one of my closest friends and my mortal enemy, uh, Nimona, writer and artist, as well as one of the writers uh, on Lumberjanes up until recently, and Noelle Stevenson. What up, buddy? 
Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm okay. Doing okay. This is a long time coming. I know. I know. What the hell, Kate? <laughs> well, it was really funny because when we were getting ready uh, to do this, I was talking to the guys in the studio, and um, one of them was talking about the photos we were posting online when we were at Thought Bubble of us <laughs> <laughs> giving each other the finger. <laughs> He's like, I wasn't sure if you hated her. And I was like, no, no, that's the point. That's the point. Um I mean, I'm not going to be the one to, like, destroy the mystery here. No, so, like, me either. We might. We might still eat, hate each other. Like, who knows? It's just a huge secret. I th- industry secret. I think I think I still, I think I still hate you a little bit. So I think it's fine. Yeah, but, like, but like in a really sexy way. Oh, yeah. You know? A super sexy way. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. just talking about that working on a writing thing today, and I was like, oh, man, if these two characters really hate each other and are really antagonistic towards each other it's gonna be so great (laughs) when they kiss (laughs) and being like i have a real life allegory (laughs) to lead up to this uh this point wow we really started this off with a bang um i know literally (laughs) the worst (laughs) um so what are you what are you up to right now i I, let me attempt to be professional for like four minutes before i completely abandon it to us um fucking up about hamilton um because <laughs> we will it's gonna happen um what uh what what are you working on right now what's what's noelle's life like comics wise um comics wise i am just about to start drawing my next creator-owned comic which i'm really excited about it's been a while since i've drawn a comic so i'm like really excited to get started uh, i just want to like get back to work Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's my, uh, my next, my next graphic novel project with Collins. That's four wizards, mm-hmm. uh, working title. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that. It's just, yeah. this is what I mean, is in it. <laughs> this is what it is. Yep. I mean, I love the title, but like at some point if like we have, we're going to do at least two books of it and it might start getting confusing, um, when we have to like put another number after the title, it's like four wizards two. Oh, you got to do it like three. taken. Just put Four like fast four wizards. <laughs> wizards with like the three, the Z is a three. <laughs> or like Wiz Fords. You know it. Yeah. That's all I want. I just wanted mm-hmm. the Taken franchise to really set the tone for that. Although Fast and the Furious is, is definitely um, it's true. the cornerstone. Seven fast, seven furious. <laughs> Se- <laughs> It's beautiful. Well, that's really awesome. I'm excited for you. My favorite title of anything, Too Fast, Too Furious. It's Too just, Fast, Too it's Furious. It's just inspired. Yeah. I don't understand who sat in a room and pitched that and had everyone go, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. And I love the, the thing about that franchise oh. is that they, there's no scheme to how they're named because like one of them has a subtitle. Nope. Like you got Tokyo Drift, mm-hmm. but then Tokyo none of Drift. the none of the rest of them have a subtitle. Nope. But I guess that one is in so sort wait, of like. Let's see if I can remember. There's like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, too fast. Too fast. Too, too furious. furious. What's the, the Fast one? and the Furious Tokyo Drift? Is that number three? Uh, I don't remember what four is. It might be four, and then there's. Fast Five. Yeah, there's Fast Five I remember for fast, sure. Fast and, fast and Furious 6 
and then Furious Seven. Yeah, it was it's just all over the place. Furious Are you looking 7. this up? I hope you're. Looking I'm this absolutely up. looking this up right now. <laughs> um, well, what's three and four? One of them so cute. Okay, okay, all right. Here's here's <laughs> an interesting choice. Here's here are the movies in order: The Fast and the Furious, 2001. That that's not what it's called, but I mean, like that's the year it was released. Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> then, okay, The Fast and the Furious. Sorry, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. This will fuck mm-hmm. you up right now. The fourth one is just called Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's what it says right here. The Fast and the Furious. It says The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift and then just Fast and Furious. Number five <laughs> is... Really, just really simplifying it down here. Yeah. I'm not lying. That's what it says here. <laughs> And then Fast Five, uh, Fast and Furious Six, and then just Furious Seven. <laughs> so there's no scheme to these things. What is the eighth one gonna be? They like I don't is it just know. gonna be Anne? Like what what number have they like, like I'm what triple le- checking like here and that is that, that is absolutely true. It the middle that fifth one or the fourth one is actually just called Fast and Furious. Yeah, just like, you know. Drop the the. Who needs that? But then Not they dropped the fast for number seven. But then they brought it back. No, they dropped the furious for number five. And then they brought furious back and they dropped the fast for number seven. Because they can do what they want. Vin Diesel can do what he wants. That's insane. I mean, Vin Diesel was only in them as of the fourth one. I don't remember seeing yeah, one just called well, Fast and one. Furious. He's in the first one. He's not in the second one. No. He's, oh, he's apparently... Not, he's, he's not in Tokyo Drift. He's not in Tokyo Drift. Because Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, as far as I can remember, is like a weird future movie. Yeah. The film's... Okay, I'm looking the this up here. also really weird. Okay, like I've seen like the first movie. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the sixth movie. And I've seen the seventh movie. And I've I definitely love the seventh seen, movie. Yeah, I've definitely seen great. sixth and seventh. And they were both... Or no, I think the sixth one, which is the one where they drive into a jet or out of a jet. The ones where they where they parachute out of a jet is number seven. Number six is the one um, where uh, Michelle Rodriguez fights with what's-her-face. Right. Uh, Gina. Is, yeah, which is amazing. Gina Carano? Is that who I'm thinking of? I they don't fight know on if some it's Gina Carano. I can't remember. She's the one, like, the really cute one is really buff. Yeah, well, I that, like I mean, that describes a lot of people in... Fast and Furious. Um, She's like, yeah. And then there was like another like lady fighter in the last one. Yeah. She was awesome too. Yeah, absolutely. I just want a whole movie of that. I just want a movie of like Michelle Rodriguez fighting buff ladies in like evening wear in as many different locations as possible. I know, right? So here's an interesting bit. So there was Fast and Furious 6. So we had Fast and Furious is the 2009 film. That's film number four. Then Fast Five. Now, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift takes place sometimes, sometime after the sixth film, even though it was the third one to come out. So oh, yeah. The third one came out, and it was set sometime after Fast and Furious 6, with a scene that was later made concurrent with events in Furious 7. Mm-hmm. So they did a flash yeah. forward. Then they did two movies leading up to that point, or three movies leading up to that point. So here's the thing. Yeah. So the first one is The Fast and The Furious. The fourth one is Fast and Furious. Then there's Fast Five. Then Fast and Furious Six. Here's where it gets crazy. 
The seventh one is Furious 7, but the eighth one is supposed to be called Fast 8. Oh, my God. I what know. the hell? There's no... I feel like they should have called it, like, Accelerate or something, <laughs> even though that it has nothing to do with the other movies. But why? Oh, you have to make it clever again. You have to get that 8 in there somehow. That Ugh. is insane to me. Vin Diesel's going to be in Fast 8, though. It's supposed to come out in 2017. And that apparently in 2014, the chairwoman of Universal said that 10 films in total were going to be made. Yes. We have like a rich future ahead of us. You know, whatever happens, there will always be more Fast and Furious movies or whatever it is they're called now. (laughs) Fast movies and Fast and Furious movies. movies. Occasionally furious movies, sometimes too fast and too furious. Apparently Dwayne Johnson has expressed interest, this is all from Wikipedia, has expressed interest in future films in the series and has stated that there are plans for a spin-off film featuring his character. Oh my god! Is that like in addition to the ten movies? Or is that like just one of the ten movies? No, it's it's in addition, but that it would not be filmed or released until after Furious 7 was released. And that spinoffs, wow. Vin Diesel has said that spinoffs are in the works. All I want is a buddy cop movie with Vin Diesel and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I'm fine if it's set also, within the Fast and the Furious universe. That sounds great. I want them to, like, pick up Terry Crews along the way. Oh, my God. And for them to just, like, open a bakery or something. I just want know? the movie just, like, to be called really mundane tasks. Enormous Men. <laughs> Or yes. enormous, enormous men with feelings. Enormous fair, bald fair men movie. with feelings. <laughs> but I want them to be like, I don't know, like co-raising like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's daughter or something. Mm-hmm. And like taking no, we a gotta pool and like, putting, like take someone from PTA. your pool of like uh, both of us, I guess our pool of um like really punky uh teenage angsty girls that they're trying to like raise. So some girl who's like 13 <laughs> and like done with society and they help her have to help her like get into college (laughs) (laughs) and they do that by all getting jobs at the college and like yes helping her in her classes (laughs) really inconspicuous dads no like within three months of each other three enormous (laughs) men three enormous jacked bald men all get jobs at like (laughs) harvard (laughs) to try and help their daughter get in because she's disaffected <laughs> and she doesn't know what she's doing with her life. <laughs> no, she gets in on her own and she's yeah. trying to like get away from like her overprotective dads. <gasps> and then she shows up and her her dads are like the deans. What if like, they're the all in disguise? Like teaching her chemistry class. Oh my God. They have like Just mustaches or like a wig. Yes. And they're yeah. in disguise to like watch out for her. But then like a crime happens. <laughs> that they're involved in and she has to like she wants to be like a detective but they also have to like on you know on the sly without her realizing that they're there like protect her and make sure like nothing I feel like happens this could also like cross over with 23 jump street <laughs> that's yes okay so she's going hey why to... don't we have all of the hollywood jobs why don't they just give hollywood to us kid we're not we're even so 30 good. there's time we're taking over i know all right let's do it <laughs> we're doing it i'm moving to town we're gonna start setting yeah, up meetings and they're just gonna sound like this okay so <laughs> she gets to college and enrolls it's like harvard at this point or like some like or like wesleyan maybe it, maybe it's one of the like the lesbian like Ivy League colleges, um, which I think would be great. Um, 
Although mm-hmm. Harvard, I feel like, is the easiest to do. So she gets there. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill <laughs> are also enrolled as undercover cops. Although, okay, so if we're if we're following the 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 linear um, progression of the Jump Street oeuvre, um, we started in high school and we went. <laughs> We went to college. So now they'd probably be in grad school or working on their master's. Yeah, yeah they're working on their master's thesis. Pieces. Pieces. Yeah. Gross. Um, so uh, this is going to be like the most boring 23 Jump Street movie ever. No, but maybe, maybe. They're, just, like, in their, they're in their dorms all day, like working on these like big essays <laughs> and doing field research. But maybe the girl is like a child genius. So she's like oh. too young to be in grad school. She's like 17 or 18 oh. and winds up involved in a crime. So not only oh, yeah, so like Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are trying to find out what's going on, but also and like oh. everyone is weirdly like sort of protective of her, but she doesn't really need their help. But it's like this adorable yeah. comedy of errors of all these like dudes trying to fix things yeah. and then only making it worse. Yeah. And they like, like Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill went a buster. And mm-hmm. um, Vin Diesel, Terry Crews, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson want to keep her from getting busted. Oh, so but they're, want to find they're out antagonistic. The so the three yeah, dads. So okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each other. Yeah. And then Michelle Rodriguez shows up and <gasps> fights like the dean of the school, who's like a power lesbian right. on the balcony at Harvard. Okay. I guess there's a balcony. So I the dean is Gina Harvard. Carano, whose name in the movie is Dean yeah. uh, Carano. And no one will what? ever th- just go with me, okay? Oh She's the dean, <laughs> and that's her I name this now. Is real for a second. Nope, this is our film. Um, oh, man. So, She's got like this really big boxy, like power suit sh- yes. shoulders, and they just throw each other down. Yeah. I imagine Harvard has a lot of stairs. I don't, I don't really know much. Actually, about I've changed my mind. The dean of the school is Jillian Anderson now. Um, okay, well. Yeah. Just and she can fight. I feel like this. we need like a lot of lesbians at the school. Yeah, too, obviously. Though. Like to balance out all all of the dudes. All the giant need, like, dudes. Just so many yeah. lesbians. Absolutely. Like every fight is Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Like you just cut to her and she's still fighting like more people. Well did Terry and you cut back and they're like helping her with her homework and like no action to be seen. Do Terry Cruz and Vin Diesel and Dwayne the Rock Johnson ever fight in this movie or are they just like sweet softies? I think they just I think they just don't get around to it. I think like <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez is taking care of all of it and they have like funny buddy cop stuff like having to share one bed and like Dwayne <laughs> snores and like you know oh my god he's still in the shower like ah oh, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Like they have to live in like student housing or something. And one day they wake up and there's like a bottle of shampoo in the shower and none of them can figure out how it got there because not all of them are bald. And they're just like, what happened last night? You guys. That's the craziest thing that happened to them. They wake up and there's mystery shampoo in the shower. Yeah. It's like. Reminds me of my own college days. Fructus. Garnier. And that's like their own thing. No, I really like this. I, I like our, our sweet, our sweet young prodigy. <laughs> who's like so fed up of dealing with all of these men meddling in her life and like trying to save her or maybe she knows that they're in disguise but like they don't know that she knows it's like mrs doubtfire <laughs> yeah <times> but <laughs> like less offensive but also like very funny because they they try and pretend to be her teachers and she's just like oh wow if i don't acknowledge that i know who they are i'll just get straight a's 
because is her dad going to fail her? No, obviously. Maybe one of them do and they have an argument about it. Like Terry Crews has been like, no, we have to teach her. I think your TPA. (laughs) Her future. She has to learn to be self-sufficient and focus on her grades. So that's she can do this. This is the plot of Fast Eight. (laughs) So far, we haven't involved cars or any vehicle (laughs) in any way. I don't know how to get cars in there. Well, the Harvard campus has those like golf carts you can use to get around. (laughs) So maybe there's some really intense and bikes. That is 22 Jump Street, though. Well, because that's how you bring back Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum is that they're they're like, oh, our skills as bike cops are finally coming to like fruition. Now we can be of service. And then they like out bike. Because can you imagine Terry Crews, The Rock and Vin Diesel on bikes like bicycles? They would look hilarious because they're giant Michelin men. I think I think Dwayne would just like fall over from like the weight of his upper body. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I, I really want to see how that works. They would have to have bikes with like four wheels, <laughs> or like an extra one in the front. Strikes, strikes, <laughs> big wheels. Oh my god! This is gonna be the best movie any of us have ever I seen. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Hi, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> we know what the people want. From the same people that brought you Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> Comes what fast, fast school? <laughs> age fast, age furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this would be great. I can't wait to have Michelle Rodriguez um, consulting with us on wardrobe. Oh my god, oh my god. I feel like. Uh... Yeah. No, I, now I just want this movie to be all about just Michelle Rodriguez fighting yeah. with the Dean. Yeah. Fighting Cars with... will happen at some point. We'll figure that out in the second pass. Yeah. Well, there's a whole separate part where Michelle Rodriguez and Jillian Anderson are, like, fighting. Because Michelle Rodriguez has to also enroll as a teacher. I like the oh, yeah. idea that every single character has to secretly enroll as a teacher <laughs> so that the entire staff of, like, Harvard <laughs> Law Review is all, like, fake cops. So no one is actually getting an education for their life. Yeah. Everyone's paying like $120,000 a year to be taught by Terry Crews and The Rock. We could actually do like like a spinoff that's just like fake cop school. So everyone at the school is a fake cop, but they don't know that each other is fake cops. And they just keep trying to bust each other. And they're all like different kinds of cops. Yeah. You know, you've got vice and homicide and all this kind of stuff. And they're just like populating this entire school. And a lot of the kids are like... What is happening? <laughs> We're not learning anything. I'm so confused. I don't even know if there are kids. There might just be more undercover cops. Oh my god. Wait, no, 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 no. Is this a university where every single person attending is an undercover yes. cop? <laughs> Except for like six kids who are there for like a one real. guy. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> And then the movie just called Undercover Cop because everyone is an undercover cop. Like cop apostrophe D, like punked. But they don't know. This has all been like some evil plan of like the drug lord to get mm-hmm. like get all of the undercover cops out of commission by sending them to the same school. Yeah. 
no, and telling amazing. them that there are like drugs to be found there, mm-hmm. and they're like looking for them and like trying to bust each other, but like they have no idea what's going on. How, you would have to bring in cops from like five different cities for this. Yeah, yeah, because they can't know each other. I love that, it. or their like disguises are so good that they just don't recognize each other. <laughs> well, we've been very productive already on this. I think we have. <laughs> like straight up story meeting. No, it's really good. I can't wait to live uh, like 10 minutes away from you and do this all of the time and annoy the oh hell out of every single person oh we know. Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm so excited. excited. I'm coming yeah. to town. Los Angeles might not still be standing after this. Oh, like, Lord it's willing. It's going to be great. It's going to be very memorable. <laughs> I am very, very excited. I am getting there this weekend. Oh I'm going to be in Burbank this weekend. You're going to be an American. No. I know it'll be fun and we can hang out oh my god (laughs) even though I hate you I know I hate you too (laughs) um so there were two things that I definitely wanted to bring up with you because they are things uh that we talk about every time that um I text you at like two o'clock in the morning because our time zones are different (laughs) uh and I'll start with it's two things Obviously, the most important things in either of our lives in the last uh, three months are both Star Wars and Hamilton, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, correct. that's right. So uh, which would you prefer? Which would you prefer to start with? Oh, my God. Is this like picking a favorite or like? Yeah. Or just like. Sophie's choice. Like in no particular order. Oh, my God. Well, I feel like we should start with Hamilton. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. This is the room where it happens. <laughs> this is the room where it happens. So. Um, for anyone who's a not smart guy, um, that's <laughs> terrible. Burn. Burn. Just like <laughs> Eliza. Um, oh my God. Hamilton the musical, uh, is made by, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and a host of others, uh, about Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers of America and the guy on the $10 bill. Um, it is, uh, sung all the way through musical, about American history, played all by people of color, including a lot of like rap and soul and R&B in the soundtrack. And it is, yes or no, the best musical of all time. Yes. Yes. It is the best musical of all time. It is. <laughs> um, Listen I've, to it. I have been obsessed with it since probably like two weeks, three weeks after it came out. I think that you got into it after I did. <clears throat> Um, I think so. I think I got into it right after they released it on like Spotify or whatever. Yeah, right after, like, yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just don't get to be like a Hamilton hipster, but at least I'm American. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I when think there. Um, I'm an immigrant, so mm-hmm. I have more That's to relate true. to in Hamilton. The That's musical. true. We get the job I done. Think, I think my favorite part of Thought Bubble, or one of my favorite parts was realizing that, like, both of us wanted to think of each other as our Aaron Burr, mm-hmm. and then just realizing that, like, no, we were just two Hamiltons. We were just two Hamiltons! And it's the thing that's become so insane to me, is realizing the people who are Aaron Burrs. Like, Marguerite is such a Burr. Oh, yeah. She's he's such great, a Burr. Though. That's the thing. But, like... He's so sad, but he's so... He would be the hero of another musical, that's the he thing. He would! He, he has so many redeeming qualities... So many redemptive he's so many moments. Feelings. And he, he just does. wants to stay chill. But he's clearly like, the second he becomes like not chill, people end up dead. So yeah. like, you know, he's just trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of feelings about Aaron Burr. I do too. But I think that the two of us are absolutely both Hamiltons. Yeah. Like, no question. I'm not like, yeah, you know, 
it's a little bit weird because it's like he does like such a good job with his play where it's like, oh yeah, you really admire Hamilton and you like really relate to him. But at the same time, you don't really want to end up like Hamilton, Mm -mm. you know, he does a really good job of like showing all the ways in which like he fails, like as a person, Yeah, like he can't not pick a fight with everybody, like to his detriment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he can't not like just, he can't keep his mouth shut. And like, it's a huge problem. It's not just like, oh, those problems, but you're still really like, you know, this admirable guy he is an admirable admirable guy but like he ends up dead and like destroying his family in some ways you know spoilers but like also history um so like i don't know i love musicals like that where it's like here's someone that i really relate to but also like do i actually really want to like my life to turn out like them i don't know i think it's something from this it's so fascinating to me and i think part of why i identify with hamilton as a character so much is that not only do i see you know, I mean, that uh, both of us, I think, have that sort of relentless blind ambition. But also I see so many of his flaws and I see mm-hmm. them as like parts of myself that I, you know, am aware of and, and mm-hmm. know I need to work on and know I need to fix and change as I grow and evolve. And like watching them, you know, so blatant like that, that inability to sit down when confronted that, you know, he has to have the last word like he's got to. Mm-hmm so obsessed with his impact and like his legacy on the world which I completely relate to and like I understand that it's a fault which is so interesting from a perspective as as you know as a storyteller is identifying with someone but not entirely in a good way it's not like oh I love this character because I want to be them it's like I love this character because like I am a fuck up in the same way (laughs) you know (laughs) which is really interesting I've been thinking about that so much lately because it's like, you know, like we've been talking about Mary Sue's, we've been talking about self inserts in media in like a mm-hmm. very annoying way and I hate it. But yeah. like at the same time, like I'm actually a big proponent of self inserts. I just feel like they have to say something that is in so many ways unflattering, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's what Lynn Manuel really did with Hamilton because like he clearly relates to him so much. Yeah. Um, but like he's super like self deprecating about it at the same time, which makes it so like a character like this in a less skilled writer's hands would be insufferable, you know? Oh, yeah, but, like absolutely. he's not. Like he's great. And it, and a lot of that is just like the moments where everybody's everybody else can see it. And they're just like Hamilton, sit down, shut up, take a break. Yep. Don't pick this fight. It's not worth it. And he can't not do it. And like it's not like it's not cute all the time either. Like no. I I can't listen to say no to I have only listened to to that song through once because I just the thing about it's a great song but like I don't like that picture of Alexander Hamilton it is his worst the worst he looks in the play and it's not glossed over he looks he he he, he fucks up big time literally (laughs) yes and it is it is so funny to me because He does fuck around. He oh, cheats. So he much. cheats on Eliza. It's horrible. Oh, How um, did you not treat Eliza well? But I mean, oh. it's set up so well and so incredibly it that is. like he he is obviously so attracted to Angelica. Like if he had married Angelica, would he have done that? You know, if he had been with the person that he found more intellectually and sexually satisfying, would he have done that same thing? Which, I mean, is not even, I mean, at this point, it's it's all sort of speculation from the actual real historical character. But I mean, like the, the fictional character in the musical, you know, yeah. would that have happened? Which I think is so interesting because it makes you so conflicted 
as the listener. It's just like, oh, fuck. But also, it's obviously terrible that he does this thing. But, I mean, I love it because I, you know, there's a part in Say No to This where they take the last, they take the last, like, five or six notes from, um, from the musical The Last Five Years. And uh, in that musical, that same song that they take the notes from is the song where the, the main guy character, the protagonist, cheats on his girlfriend. Mm. And that song is called Nobody, Nobody Needs to Know. And oh, oh. And I cannot listen to that song without crying oh. because it's this oh, guy yeah. singing to this girl about how he's cheating on his girlfriend and he, with her and how he's like, anyway, it's, it's awful. Um, it's crazy because like no one would have found out either. Like how, mm. I don't actually know the like actual dates of this, but how long did Alexander get away with this affair before um, anyone found out? I feel well, like it was, was like years. He, yeah, he was with her for at least a summer and then, you know, it went on, I would say probably a year. I don't know the, the, the facts. I read some stuff about it. Definitely. I mean, I'm sure like you, I was sort of obsessively researching these things for a short time. <laughs> um, but he was, and the only reason he made it public was because, you know, these other people threatened, they thought that the reason he was paying off this guy was for speculation and mm-hmm. so he was like, well, if I out myself as being a cheater instead of committing fraud, then you yeah. can't, you know, sully my name and send me to jail, which is so stupid and so self-serving. And that's, again, one of those yeah. moments where you're like, Hamilton, you idiot, you just ruined yeah. your wife's life and like your Wait, family. And have you heard the B-side? I don't I don't think it's in the play, but I think it was like an earlier song that got cut, but it's like an Angelica chewing Hamilton out after the Reynolds pamphlet. Oh, no. It's called, Congratulations. I'll send you a leak. <gasps> you have to. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, she, like, it's... A lot of them are like there's a, a few like kind of unofficial recordings of B sides yeah. and earlier versions of songs, and it's like, yeah, those were the right cuts to make. It, like, yeah. keeps the, the narrative more consistent, but, like, this one is the one that I really miss, because it's just Angelica being, like, like and she is Alexander's, like, equal, yeah. like, in every way, you know, so she's yeah. just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody, you <laughs> confessed to an affair that nobody accused you of, yep. like, to confront a rumor that maybe two people knew at all. Like, yeah. why? Why was this a thing that you felt like you needed to do? You're so stupid. And, like, it's great. It's just her, like, just, like, fucking him up for, like, a whole, like, four minutes. And he's just sitting there. And it's like, every once in a while, he's like, but I, uh, Angelica, I really, it's an act of sacrifice. Uh, like, oh, my God. It's so satisfying. And then at the end, she's just like, you know what you're going to do? The rest of your life, you're just going to give it Eliza everything. And yeah. you're going to make sure that she has the best life. And that's how you're going to atone for this. Wow. Like, you don't deserve, you don't deserve her. I don't deserve her. She's the best thing in both of our lives. And you need to make sure that she's taken care of. And that's your sacrifice. And it's great. Because <sighs> oh, so I, I still think that like one of the most cutting lines is the whole in the whole musical is when like Angelica comes after all that happens. And he's like, Angelica, thank God someone who knows what I'm going through. And when she just says mm-hmm. the I'm not here for you. Oh, it's so brutal yeah. and so good. I'm sending you a link to this right now. Please, so. please, because yeah, I'm going to listen to this later. Really it's real great. That's amazing. Um, uh, yeah, it is. I'm so obsessed with this musical. It's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's potentially coming to L.A., which is like, yeah. oh, my God. In L.A., you can be a new man. 
<laughs> that doesn't really hold up as, as well as I thought it would. But. No, it's fine. It's fine. I respect uh, what you tried to do. Um, I know. Not I all know. of us can be a good writer. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Fuck you, Kate. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. One of us has one of us has an almost national book award. One of us doesn't. <laughs> um. <laughs> so uh Hamilton is the greatest thing ever and um I am in love with Lynn Manuel Miranda like really aggressively naturally naturally I am in love with all of the Skylar sisters oh like all of them. they're so all amazing I even Peggy even Peggy even Peggy I'm in love with the actress who plays Peggy well yeah She's because really good. and I Maria I guess yeah Mariah yeah. Reynolds Did you, there was Oof. another there was one of the ham for hams yeah. Where it was just the three of them singing. I don't remember what they were singing. It was great, though. Like, they have the best voices, and they're just so attractive. And mm-hmm. I just had a lot of feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Angelica's definitely my favorite Skylar sister. Yeah. Because, like, I love Eliza, and I feel for Eliza, but I can't identify with Eliza. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I'm not her. I'm never her. And and it's, and it's hard to relate to someone who's long-suffering. I don't yes, think... Yes, that's, that's not either of us. Or, it's like that's not the type that's not the thing that Hamilton's about. Like everyone is so intense and they're all it's all about like doing things and acting on things and doing the most things more than anyone else. And Eliza, it just she's like she's great. Like at the end of the day, she lives to be like what, ninety-seven? Yep. And does so much stuff, but she's this quiet, slow burn character who just like is patient mm-hmm. and kind and she suffers through all of Hamilton's shit, always trying to understand mm-hmm. until her like, breaking point and even then she still forgives him and then like she does so much stuff that all of these other people like that Hamilton never got to do because he was an asshole and he was right. stupid and he got himself shot like Eliza did all of that for him it's because- one thing that really hit me when you when you tweeted about it and you were like you know everyone's sort of trying to decide whether you would want to be Hamilton or Burr but the reality is you you want to be Eliza. Like, yeah. she is the best character, like, morally. <laughs> it's just not, like, the weird, it's not the sexiest character, you know? No. That's not the character you see movies made about or musicals made about, really. No. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, like, put yourself into the shoes of someone who is who has a quiet strength but also doesn't have a lot of power right. that the other characters have. Doesn't mm-hmm. have that intensity. But she's still, like... So amazing. She's just so amazing. I definitely agree. I think she is incredible. I mean, I love Angelica and I wish I just I mean, she's so amazing. Um but I do I do agree with that. I do think Eliza is but I mean, I mean, in the end, like I'm glad that in the musical she gets her day in the sun. You know, I mean she gets mm-hmm. that epilogue, <clears throat> she gets burn, which is amazing. Oh my god. Oh, a song. So good. It. It's gonna. I this is it. gonna be a really boring part of the podcast for people who haven't listened to Hamilton the musical. I know. I'm um, sorry, which but I'm... also listen to it. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's so good. <laughs> um, so I will move along to the thing that everyone listening to this podcast will yeah. have known or seen, which is Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it? How do you feel uh, in a, a post Star Wars world? <laughs> it's fine. You fucker. You don't you lie to me on this. <laughs> Look, our look, holiest day of podcasts. Look, I think everyone knows where I stand when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah. Or I don't know if everyone does know. My, I mean, all right. Well, how do how do I even like sum up the type of relationship that I have with Star Wars? It's very weird. Like it's it's not I I I 
really like fighting with like people who are like, I'm the best Star Wars fan. Boba Fett is a badass and Han Solo is so uh, such a cool lady killer. And Darth Vader was so like that kind of like, I'm like, all right, well, yeah, let me like, you know, let's let's fucking do this. Let's go at it. Let's like fight about it. Because I have like really weird interests within Star Wars. Well, like everyone has weird interests within Star Wars. It's this huge universe. Um, So now we have this like new era starting and all these people are getting into it again. And that's like so cool for me. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited. Because you were actually a hardcore fan like before this movie, which I wasn't. I did not give yeah. many or any at all hoots about Star Wars until The Force Awakens. But you were you yeah. were in well, deep. Yeah, I was always a bad fan. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> like I, I I dressed up my action figures in tiny clothes and made them live in a house. Mm-hmm. Like I like was obsessed with the bit, bit characters who have like four lines. Uh, read all the weird EU stuff and like, you know, like everyone has their own story with Star Wars. Everyone has a different relationship. And I like, my opinion is, is that whatever your relationship to Star Wars is, it's like the most universal fandom in the world. Like if you saw it one time with your dad, you're a Star Wars fan. If you didn't see any of the other movies, but you just watched the force awakened and and you love it, you're a real Star Wars fan, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, If you love the prequels more than anything, you're a real Star Wars fan, you know, like there's just so many different forms for it to take. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was always like into the. I didn't want to read about how Boba Fett climbed out of the Sarlacc pit and like <laughs> had a wife and kid and was awesome. And I'm like, no, he wasn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> you quite recently, uh, this is how I found out that you were much more of a Star Wars fan than I ever knew that you were. And I mean, I had seen you and Aaron Diaz being fucking insufferable on Twitter about Star Wars before. Oh, Um, dang, so insufferable. (laughs) No, just in the depths of your complete nerdery in the way of, Mm -hmm. I was like, I would look at it and be like, I I could never understand (laughs) what's happening right now. Um, But you recently wrote an essay on the internet. Um... (laughs) <laughs> you celebrated young author. Um, I did indeed. About how Boba Fett is a lesbian. <laughs> is that something you can summarize for me just now? Okay, well, here's the thing. So I didn't start the Boba Fett is a lesbian thing. No. Uh, there was a a person on Tumblr, um, shashade.tumblr.com, mm-hmm. uh, who just decided that Boba Fett was a, was a lesbian, you know, nothing to back this up. Just like there's this one scene that's not even in the original cut, but like Boba Fett's in Jabba's palace and he kind of like boops this dancer on the chin. And, and this Tumblr user is like, yeah, I think, I think Boba Fett's a lesbian. He just, he just seems like a lesbian to me, you know? And so like Star Wars, like, like the worst nerds, they like flip out. Like the mm-hmm. idea, like even just this flipping off the cuff, like, Hey, what if I had canon this character's a lesbian whose face you never see in the original trilogy? Everybody loses their shit and they're like freaking out like it's the end of end of days. This oh character appears for like a total of 15 minutes in all of the movies, mm-hmm. says like two lines, and one of them is like, ah. Yeah. 
as he falls screaming into a, a pit that he got yeah. knocked into by a blind man. Yeah, I never like, really understood the obsession about Boba Fett, but uh, I'm a he very... He just looks cool. Yeah, but like... Um, <laughs> eh, I don't know. Anyway, go on. Well, yeah, so... And so as soon as I heard about this, and, you know, this Tumblr user is like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna, like, this is the hill I'm gonna die on because, like, <laughs> why are you getting so mad about this? Boba Fett's a lesbian. Such a lesbian. Lesbian. And just, like, responding to everything. I thought. I'm like, this is a great cause, and I completely support it and so i have had this essay that i've been sitting on for a while uh it's actually not about boba fett i kind of tricked everyone into reading it by pretending it was about boba fett but it's really about how my personal favorite character who dies in one of the prequel movies um is actually not dead faked her own death and is still is this, alive is this Zam? and that was what i yeah this is zam wessel mm-hmm. so this that was what i actually wanted to talk about and i've honestly the essay i wrote it very quickly because i've kind of been writing it since I first saw the movie. Right. Like, I went right. to see it. I was, like, what, 11 years old. I brought my action figure and held her up so she could see my Zamwessel action figure. And then she dies in the first, like, five minutes. And I was, like, traumatized. <laughs> and then I went home and I was, like, no. You gave me a girl bounty hunter and you don't get to take that away from me. And I, like, fixed it. And I had all these theories and ideas for how what she wasn't really dead and all this stuff. And, like, that was what I wanted to talk about. Right. Um, and I read, like, all of the other material that even vaguely was concerned with this at all. Um, but I thought it had a really strong case for, you know, it, it included certain points that allowed Boba Fett to be a lesbian. Right. And um, even including taking, like, the prequels where you meet Boba Fett as, like, a young boy into account. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I wrote. And it was very nerdy. And no one's actually tried to fight me on it yet, which is really cool. I think just because no one cares as much as I do <laughs> about Sam Wessel. And also, like, I just cite some really obscure sources that, like, just no one else really cares enough to read, I think. It's like, yeah, it's Star Wars fans are like, you find your little corner of nerddom and you just, like, delve as deep as you can in there. I don't know. It's crazy. Mm. It's really beautiful. It's really it's- beautiful to see how quite embarrassing <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, uh, people people are enjoying it so that's delightful i, I got everyone to read an essay about sam whistle <laughs> man you know what whatever it takes <laughs> i yeah it was so funny for me and it, you know in talking about it online is so interesting because i don't i never cared about star wars like ever i, I my brother is the world's biggest star wars nerd he has like two star wars tattoos <laughs> he has a star wars room in his house that, like, wow yeah he when his kid was like one year old he took him out as yoda like extensively <laughs> researching like face paint that's okay for a baby <laughs> <laughs> so that he could take him out on halloween as yoda and uh wow like in the backpack yeah he's done like full extensive darth maul makeup on at least one occasion and he has like a star wars room in his house the way people have like football rooms um Uh it's impressive because my brother is not otherwise nerdy at all like he's a sports (laughs) reporter he's pretty straight-laced dude but really really into star wars and so we've never really been able to relate because like i you know i was never super nerdy growing up but then when i got into comics obviously i got pretty nerdy and then we would talk and we wouldn't really have anything to talk about which is so weird because i can talk to like any nerd pretty much you know i have something in common with almost all nerds and except my brother and then i saw the star wars movie and i liked it more than he did which is so weird (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so yeah. much. It was so important to me. Ray was so important to me. And Finn and Poe were so important to me. And I feel like I've seen that a lot. I've seen a lot of people who like, I mean, I know a lot of like people who were are hardcore Star Wars fans, like love The Force Awakens. But yeah. I've seen like the, kind of the usual suspects, you know, like the guys who like take a lot of pride in being like the true Star Wars fan, right. you know, like my Star Wars interests are weird. I know that. So like the only time I ever like pool rank on other Star Wars fans is when they're wrong, <laughs> <laughs> when they're wrong about something, especially if they're being shitty to new fans. Like that's when I like bring out the big guns. It's like, have you read this obscure extended universe novel? And like, you know, a lot of them just expect that it's, for them it was always for them and it will always be for them Mm -hmm. but it never has been it's actually one of the most accessible nerd properties in the world like more than star trek more than comic books do you think so i think so Hmm. yeah i always found star wars like impenetrable but yeah i think it was very alienating for sure but i think everybody had some kind of relationship with it which right. wasn't necessarily true for star trek mm-hmm. um star trek remains more niche but i i, I have a star wars t-shirt that i wear a lot because i really like it and it's just i got it at target like <laughs> <laughs> um, but every time i wear it in public it's so funny because people always come up to me and they like give me this knowing look like we're in this secret club and they're like nice shirt and I'm like yeah but like it's weird to me because I literally bought it for like $14 at Target like in a huge like expansive selection of Star Wars shirts at Target and like I never felt that liking Star Wars was that weird or that like one thing that always seems completely insane to me is when people are like oh I'm such a nerd because I like Star Wars I'm like you like the most successful movie franchise of all time like you're not a nerd you're as mainstream as it gets like which is fine you know and I'm not like that's what I'm saying I'm like no matter how casual or involved or involved in the wrong like I'm doing finger quotes you can't see them wrong parts of Star (laughs) Wars like if Padme Amidala is your favorite character and you only want to read stories about Padme Amidala like you're a Star Wars fan like you know um and so it's just weird when the same people who like bought their Star Wars t-shirts at Target are like want to be like I am the true fan because I have a Boba Fett tattoo or something and it's just like you're you're actually like you're not like you're mm-hmm. a fan for sure like I'm not gonna take that away from you but like if you're not like The Force Awakens was for new fans yeah. I think that it kind of repackaged the, what was cool about Star Wars from the original trilogy oh, absolutely, and, yeah. and made it accessible to new people mm-hmm. and that was what it was trying to do that's what it did and I think it has a lot of really cool places to build from here so like I loved it mm-hmm. um but I know like I I see a lot of people who like I started seeing a backlash against the new fans and like, of course that was going to happen. That was always going to happen. But like, no, but like, like go fuck yourself. Basically. <laughs> like this, this is not yours. This is like such a huge property and everybody, it seems has some kind of attachment to it, even if they don't care about it, even if they've never really watched it, like everyone knows what it is. And yeah. that's like, I don't know. I guess like, like superheroes have become mainstream in recent years, but like, even that, I don't know if that, like, 100% gives Star Wars a run for its money as, like, the most universal nerd property. No, I think Star Wars is, I mean, it's the biggest. 
It's the thing that everyone who even isn't nerdy or has never heard of comic books mm-hmm. or D&D or like any of the things that are typically nerdy, everyone's seen Star Wars. Yeah. Everyone. That, that's the thing I find when I like wear my little Star Wars t-shirt in public. Like I get like, you know, like, uh, like girls who like work at the bank and they're like, oh my God, I love Star Wars. I used to watch it with my brothers. Like, you know, and then like random guys who hand out samples at like, Costco they're like mm-hmm. oh my god I love Star Wars like and, and it's just like you see them they don't you know look like stereotypical nerds yeah um but like they all have this relationship with it I think that's really cool it is really I just, cool like, I do find it interesting that the reaction is like that because I mean I definitely have nerdy items of clothing that I will wear and then you know the people and a lot of the times I will wear it, you know, for a day or whatever. And unless I'm in a really busy space, like a comic convention, where you're already predisposed to running into nerds, um, you know, people won't recognize it. And then mm-hmm. people who do, like, freak out. Like, for yeah. years I had a Hedwig and the Angry Inch t-shirt, like, before the play, you know, when it was just... Well, it was... I mean, it was the play, but then it was the movie, but no one had seen the play because it was only in, in one space. And I would wear that sometimes, and people who would see that would be like, oh, my God. And you have this sort of immediate friendship with that person because it's a thing that's yeah. pretty niche, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've had that with a lot of stuff. Like, I have a series of unfortunate events tattoo, and every once in a while, someone will recognize it, and then it's like, oh, my God, we yeah. both love this thing that no one else loves. But with Star Wars... Everyone loves Star Wars. So it's almost yeah. immediately like, oh, I accidentally like let you onto a personal level with me. And like maybe that's okay and maybe that's not, but what yeah, a weird I mean, like, situation we're both it. in now. <laughs> like it's never been like it's never made me uncomfortable. Like I yeah. do I like I just I, I don't wear a lot of like nerdy t shirts, I guess. Like Star Wars is like I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think I like inviting that level of like hmm. Like, if I wouldn't wear, like, a Zam Wessel t-shirt in public. Well, like I feel, if someone like, you, I feel like your shirt like, wardrobe is, like, 90 to 95% like, tasteful plaid. Which... Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, 90% tasteful plaid and, like, 10% Star Wars t-shirts. Yeah. I have, like, four Star Wars t-shirts yeah. that are in a constant circulation. And most of my nerdy um, t-shirts now are, like, think, from Weird Image Comics, which is very... Yeah, I, I, I like the Star Wars merchandise because it's, like, well, for one, it's well-designed. The shirts are, like, pretty good quality and they, like, they're not the nor- like normal t-shirts don't fit me that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones at Target are like, they're really soft and they have like a flattering cut and I really like them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wear them. But also like, I-, I don't feel like I'm like opening myself up or my interests up to strangers. Like Star Wars is so acceptable in some ways. And that's why it's like the one nerd property that I'll kind of rep mm-hmm. in public without like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to like show everybody the thing that's like, like I said, like the equivalent of this would be me wearing a Zam Wessel t-shirt in public. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would just open myself up too much to strangers. No, I'm going like, to buy you cool one to when I get to LA God, and I'll make you wear it. I don't think they exist, but if you find one, absolutely. Girl, um, I can make it happen. I'm- I might buy a Phasma t-shirt. That's what I want. <laughs> I want like a Phasma t-shirt with like gold, like silver foil on it. Like, oh yeah. Where so she's cool. like shiny. Yeah, yes. I just I just want one where found... Ray and Finn and Poe are all kissing, and I want it to be officially licensed yeah. from Disney for you. and Star Wars and Marvel. I'll, I'll like sneak it into Disney stores and you please. Can, like, go I work for Marvel now. Like I email buy. them every day, and I'm yeah. just like, when are you gonna make the Ray, Finn, and Poe kissing action figures? And every day they're like, yeah. how did you get this email? You're fired. But somehow <laughs> I keep working. Wow. I know it's really intense. Um, 
I keep trying to pitch my Zam Wessel comic to them, and they just keep not having it. Fuckers. Don't know what that's about. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, uh, as I got as, really close to buying this like Phasma helmet in the oh Disney God. store today, it like alters your voice or something. I was like, oh I God. need this, and then I was like, I don't need this, and then I was like, I need this. <laughs> I didn't buy it, but I might still. <laughs> Come on, use that sweet Nimona money. Tweet your treat yourself. Treat yourself. I didn't mean. Myself. I didn't mean to say. <laughs> Tweet myself. I feel really sick that I said that on accident. Um, just ignore everything that I have said up until this point. Um, but you should. You should. Um, yeah. As we coast gently towards the end of, of our time, because uh, although I'm going to spend the next several years of your life um, hanging out with you and talking at you nonstop. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. Let's see what happens. What? This will be... This this would be amazing. I can't just hang out Los with my Angeles boyfriend my all the time. <laughs> can't... Dude, we're going to hang out so much. I know. You're going to have to get we're along with do... Jeremy. You're going to have to befriend him. Okay, as long as it... he has to defeat me in a duel first. <laughs> well, he doesn't listen to Hamilton, so he won't know the commandments. Not a pistol duel. Like what? a, I don't know, like a fencing duel. <laughs> Can you fence? I don't, I don't fence. Well... No. He but as probably... long as he isn't either, then I feel like we're on, like, equal ground. I don't want either of you to stab each other. Well, we'll be wearing protection. Okay, well, that's important. <laughs> so, fine. I have thrown the gauntlet down. <laughs> okay, I'll tell Jeremy you offered to fight him. He's not concerned enough. With, like, <laughs> fencing gear on and, like, you know, yeah, yeah, foils yeah. that have a little protective tip on the end. Uh-huh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hurt your boyfriend, Kate. Good. You just, you know, beat him at fencing, a sport which I know nothing about. <laughs> so anyway, um, as I as I, as I I get towards the end of this and, and start telling people how wonderful you are, which I'm going to want to take back later, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Because. It's going to make you regret it. I hate you. You're so pretty. Yeah, I hate you. God. Oh. No, you. No, you. Let's no, fight. you. I hate it. Gross. I feel sick. Gross. <laughs> this is why Gross. no one on the internet understands. <laughs> what are we, Noel? What are we? What are we? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're just two Hamiltons trying to figure it out. Just two Hamiltons trying to live in this burr making... world. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hamilton would totally make out with himself if he met himself somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I would make uh-huh. out with Hamilton for sure. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I have had upwards of three adult dreams about Hamilton, and I feel really weird about it. <laughs> Not Alexander Hamilton, the actual fictional or actual factual <gasps> person, but the fictional character played by Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> He's never going to listen to this podcast. I was, like, a $10 bill to myself. <laughs> I, they don't look like that in Canada. So... Well, I don't even know how you got an American $10 bill, but, like, you must have sleepwalked to America, yeah, got I, the $10 bill, and then sleepwalked home in order to have that sexy dream about him. Which is, like, I mean, it's impossible that I would have just had that in my wallet from the last time I went to America. No. I had to sleepwalk. You were the one who said... 2,000 miles. Our $10 bills don't look like that. Yeah. I think that is more, more likely. Our $10 that bills That was someone going to your house in order to plant money and shampoo in your shower <laughs> and then disappear. I will, let like you, very, like, you know, 
I will let you know that Canadian $5 bills have holographic astronauts on them. So Hamilton's cool and everything, but... That's not real. It is real. Ask Ryan North. Canadian money is not real. Well, right now it's not. No, you're right. I felt it. No, it's not. (laughs) Our dollar is 67 cents. It's horrible. (laughs) We all want to die. Um, (sighs) What I was actually leaning towards before we got off on this tangent of uh, aggressive flirtation, um, you (laughs) you are working on no less than two movies right now, potentially. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's right. You can elaborate on that if you want, or I'll just change the subject. (laughs) Well, I am a, I'm the co-producer on the Nimona movie. So Mm -hmm. that's going really well, actually. I feel really good about it. Yeah. Um, We just kind of kick things into gear and it's just kind of starting to, movies take a really long time. Yeah. And also sometimes they just don't happen for reasons, Mm -hmm. for lots of reasons. There are many things that can happen to a movie. But right now, I'm like, this is awesome. Team's great. Uh, got some really cool ideas. Um, and they're letting me be really involved, which is cool. Do you... Lumberjanes movie is like Lumberjanes movie. So, you know, talk to me about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know or can you say, and it's fine if you can't, because um, obviously uh, I don't want to get you in any trouble. Do you know or can you say if Nimona is meant to be live action or animated? Oh, it's animated. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yep. That's what I was mm-hmm. hoping. Fox Fox Animation. Cool. That's pretty dope. Yep. The Lumberjanes. The Lumberjanes one is supposed to be live action. Mm-hmm. I was rewatching the trailer yep. for the Babysitters Club today, and it made me think of that. Is all. Um, There's a Babysitters Club movie coming out. No, no, no. The one from the '90s. Oh. Have okay. you not seen the Babysitters Club movie from the '90s? No. Oh my god! How long? Have you, how many years have you been friends with Shannon? You need to watch the Babysitters Club movie. It is never, really she's important. Never pressed no, no, no. The Babysitters no, no. Club movie. No, no. I've actually never even heard her mention it before. Oh my god, what's not the movie. I know, I know about her thing for the Babysitters Club in general, but like I didn't know there was a movie. Okay, Noel. I assumed. That that promise was. me, promise me okay. that okay. you will watch the Babysitters Club movie. Okay, promise me right now. On air, I promise. You just you're just gonna have to come to Los Angeles and make me watch it. Well, if you want to have a slumber party and watch the Babysitters Club, I can make that happen. Oh, a slumber party. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Whatever, it's yeah. no big deal. It's fine. I started to Jeremy soundly in a fencing duel. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would um, be. We'll see how that would go. <laughs> Jeremy can come to our slumber party. Oh. I guess. <laughs> okay, I don't know if he would be able to handle the Babysitters Club. Uh, probably what? he's pretty cool okay he's pretty cool you know him i do um so you got four wizards you got your 500 movies and your like mm-hmm. uh tyrannical franchise that you're working on um mm-hmm. that is pretty cool uh the question i ask everybody and uh that is always so interesting to me uh what comics do you think people should read other than yours noel oh dang it I forgot to come up with an answer for no, this. No, no, you got to do it. Um, um, other than mine, well, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could read Hellcat. You know, if you have like <laughs> nothing better to do. Oh wow, um, wow! You know, you, Brittany Williams draws it, and and she's amazing. Kate is fine. You gonna cut me like this? You gonna cut <laughs> me like this, bro? Hey, you were the first title that I recommended. So hey, that's where we're at. So hey, hmm? yes. Hmm? Uh huh. Uh huh. You want to fight? Yes. I'll fence you. Mm. I'll, I'll duel you with f- fencing foils. Fine. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Perry. 
Perry, thrust. thrust. Perry, thrust. Perry. You're using Bonetti's defense against me. Wow. Uh, that's Princess Diaries. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, <laughs> I read the first issue of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur the other day. Mm, it was really cute. That is I haven't good. read the second one yet, but I, I like the first one a lot. They're both really good. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you should also read my comics. Like, no, let's be real. Let everyone reads your comics. Well, not everyone. There might be Mike, someone. Mike Mignola just... reads your <gasps> comics. <sighs> wow. Are you over that yet? I like gasped no. on your behalf. I, that was like that was a that was a like not that gasp just came. Like the, for the audience it. at home, Mike Mignola on Facebook, I believe it was. Yeah, made some comment about how much he loved Nimona and how he was going to teach himself how to draw like you. I that's. Mm. I don't know. I can't even. My brain will not wrap itself around mm-hmm. that, that. That's just so ludicrous to me. I um, had such vicarious awesome. excitement. I was just like, "That's so amazing." <laughs> that's I, so I cool. don't think I got like that starstruck anymore. I'm like, "Oh yeah, people is people." Yeah. Um, and then this happened. I was like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that is like, if anything like that ever happened to me, I would just be like, "Holy shit." <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's there was a cool. lot of there's a lot of gushing on, on private Twitter. Yep. I yep. remember. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I need I need to read more comics. I'm not I'm not keeping up with comics as well as I should these days. But okay. well, but, just tell everyone how you don't love them or appreciate listen, them. Listen to Kate. Kate <laughs> recommends good comics. I do. I have better good comics taste. than I am. Just listen to Kate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. You heard it from her, Nimona. <laughs> Writer and artist. Says You're gonna you like keep that sound bite for. Hey man, for the sound <laughs> of course I am. I'm using that as like a book jacket blurb from now on. Just listen <laughs> to Kate Noel Stevenson. Just like I have that one quote from Neil Gaiman that said my comics were pretty good. <laughs> and so I have that as like I'm gonna use that someday. Neil Gaiman said I was pretty good, <sighs> which like that's not bad. You could no. do worse. No. Um. So, Noelle, the, the, the last thing I will ask you is um, where are the next places people can find you? Are you doing any shows or cons anytime soon? Um, yeah, I think the next one I'll be at will be – I have, like, a, a cluster of shows coming up in, like, March, April. Um, so I'm going to be at Mocha Fest in New York. Mm-hmm. I am going to be at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Oh, me too. Uh oh! Uh-huh. <laughs> I should have submitted a panel where we just duel. I know. Next time we should do that time. at a show. We should just do like a Kate and Noel fight mm-hmm. and flirt panel. Fight to the death. We would fill the room. You know we would. Fight, fight to the makeouts. <laughs> the loser has to kiss the winner on oh, the mouth with tongues. So awful! I can't ever. The winner also has that. to kiss the loser on the mouth with tongues because that's how that works. Yeah. No, we definitely have never done anything like that. No, we we would never. We I, would never no. have Very, done that several times. I have not. I have not. <laughs> smooch you unexpectedly in the middle of a party in or front of several you. parties or several parties at different <laughs> times it's fine it's, it's fine. fine it's fine this is what people do it's, it's just adults it's what people do with their mortal enemies make decisions they, they kiss them on the mouse yeah <laughs> the ultimate uh, victory so um, yeah if okay, people Diego and all that yep. jazz yeah. cool um if people want to find you on the internet on twitter i know you are at ginger hazing that's right. And Tumblr, you are just at Ginger Hayes. That's right. And where else can people find your whatnots and uh, curios? 
Um, you can visit my website at gingerhaze.com. You can read the first three chapters of my webcomic, Nimona, now a graphic novel, at gingerhaze.com slash Nimona. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I have an Instagram. I don't really use it. I know. Uh, don't, it disappoints don't, don't add me, me on keep, Facebook. I keep checking it's... for selfies on your Instagram, and they never happen. Yeah. Really hurts on me there. inside. I want to see more Winston. Yeah. I know. Well, follow Marguerite on Instagram. Oh, she does uh, my, post. Follow my roommate on Instagram for pictures of Winston because yeah. she she's more on top of that than I am. Yes. <laughs> Probably at Evil Marguerite. Yes. Instagram.com. Most places. I think, I think that's her name. Yeah. All right. Well. Right. Cute dog. Well. We come. Kate. We come now to the end. I, do you have any last what words? Mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> What do you have to say before we that all? That was really intense. No. Um, yes, it is. This, this man will not make an orphan of my daughter. <laughs> all right. All right. I will, <laughs> I will bid you adieu on that one. Um, okay. 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 I'll be in touch about pitching that Fast and the Furious 8 movie. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's how we're going to make our first million dollars. Yes. Galhalla 2, the castle. big. Billion Dude. dollars. I haven't okay, our first billion dollars. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm small town. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna live that Los Angeles lifestyle and get us a mansion. That's right. All That's right. right. Sounds great. Yep. <laughs> I'm getting Winston his own house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Noelle, my sweet angel, my worst enemy. Um, my... I hope you die slash kiss me in the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I reciprocate all of those feelings. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Kate. I know that you want to the pages inside my Well, that's our show. After this episode, we're taking a bit of a hiatus. Uh, as I've said before and everywhere on any form of social media, literally, I'm relentless about it. I'm moving to America. I'm going to be living in California, and the show is recorded right now in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So understandably, it's a bit of a distance, about 5,000 miles. I've been flying it once a month for the last year and a half. It's terrible. So in the interim, until we figure out exactly what the show is going to be, how we're going to record it, what we're going to do with it. It's going to be um, off the air, so to speak, off the podcast air. Podcasts have their own air. Anyway, you can keep listening to the old episodes. You can check them again. But believe me when I say this show is one of my favorite things that I do. Working with these guys at Village Sound is one of my favorite things. And I've had an awesome time doing the show. I would like to keep doing the show. So bear with us as we figure out what we're doing. We get our ducks in a row and, uh, yeah, decide what the future of Less Than Live is going to be. You can contact us still the same ways on Facebook, on Twitter, at LTLcast, if you have any questions. You can still find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can rate us and subscribe to us if you would like to, which is always very nice. But uh, keep in touch. And thank you so much uh, for listening to everything that we've done so far and all of the episodes. And um, I I I have big hopes for the future. So until then, have a great time. Thanks. I'll miss you.
Amnesia Forgetful Face. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. You don't get to see my face. But you look so cute. I do look cute. You don't get to see my face. (laughs) Fuck you.